it's definitely working two two full time jobs. And and I think you know a little bit of how our you know mindset has shifted has been it's it was never the intent to you know get a bunch of cash every month and go sit on the beach. You know that that's not been the goal for us. It's it's generate enough that we could feel comfortable to walk away from our job and kind of start this new career. But I've always treated it and knew it was going to be a, a different career, but one that we had more control over, that we got to work for ourselves, that we got to be the entrepreneurs that you know we, we wanted to be. Um, but it's it wasn't a, I'm just going to head to the golf course and play golf every day. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. As you know, my job is to explore, dissect, and interview the cream of the crop when it comes to real estate, business, and entrepreneurialism here in the United States so you can all make the right investing decisions to create massive amounts of cash flow and long-term wealth that will lead to financial freedom. If you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to jump on iTunes and leave the show a five-star review or whatever review you think it's worth. I personally think it's worth five-star review. (laughs) And if you want to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you can do so at Reed Goosens. That's R-E-E-D-G-O-O-S-S-E-N-S. Now, today's show is a part one of a two-part series dedicated to exploring the world of side hustling, investing in real estate while you have a full-time job, and how you manage and balance the day-to-day goings-on of your life, your family, but how you also still get deals done. But before I introduce to you the cracking entrepreneur that we have on today's show, uh, a little bit of uh, housekeeping before we do dive in. As I did mention, if you do like this show, jump on iTunes, give the show a review. Um, And if you do send me a screenshot of that review, in return, I'm going to give you my brand spanking new ebook, which is called The Art and Science of Raising Capital Like a Pro, the 4P Rule. Professionalism, pitch, practice and patience. And what this ebook is, is just a way to start and help newbies who have never raised a cent in their entire life, change their mindset about going out and raising capital. Because let's be honest, we don't all, we're not all built or we're not all born with uh, 10 years worth of experience. And so this ebook hopefully will change your mindset and give you the tools to start successfully raising capital. So if you do want you to get your hands on this free ebook, jump on iTunes, give the show a review, send me a screenshot at info, that's I-N-F-O, at rsnpropertygroup.com. Also, one other quick other housekeeping item before we dive into today's show is that, as you might have heard, I've started a mentorship program in 2017, and it is designed to guide investors out there who want to start taking that next step in their investing career. They want to start buying multifamily real estate, or they want to start learning the business of investing in real estate. I've created a mentorship program, and there's only a limited amount of spots in the program. So if you are interested, please hit me up again at info at rsnpropertygroup.com. Put in the subject line, mentorship program, and I will shoot you back the entire overview of the program. And it is the A to Z 
of understanding how to invest in multifamily real estate here in the United States. I take you through, you know, what is the investing lingo, the basic stuff of investing lingo? How do you find cracking deals? How do you then analyze those deals to make sure they are, in fact, a cracking deal? I walk you through how to, you know, set up your teams in out-of-state markets. I walk you through the closing due diligence period and what are the, the checklists that all investors need to make sure that they do before they close on a property. I also then talk you through, walk you guys through the, the real nuts and bolts of raising capital because that is the whole purpose of anyone getting involved in multifamily. You need to raise capital to grow your business. And as my ebook is all about, it is about helping to read people raise capital. I talk about personal branding. I talk about becoming a key person of influence in your sphere. So people then look at you as the real estate go-to guy in your you know, friends, family, colleagues that will then inevitably help you raise more capital to then go and close on more deals. So if you are interested, remember, hit me up at info at rsnpropertygroup.com. Only taking a, a small amount of mentees, as I like to call them this year. Um, so positions are filling up very very, very quickly. All right, guys, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today in the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with the side hustle king himself, Andrew Campbell. Andrew is a real estate investor and entrepreneur from Austin, Texas. Since starting their journey four years ago, he and his brother Mark have built a portfolio of over 72 units across Austin and San Antonio. Today, they are the founding partners of Wildhorn Capital, leveraging what they've learned, growing their personal portfolios to more into more larger multifamily properties. The best thing about Andrew's story is he is doing all of this whilst working a full-time job. So without further ado, Andrew, g'day and welcome to the show. Hey, Reed, How's it going? Thanks for having me. Mate, my pleasure. Obviously dialing in today from Austin, Texas, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. Well, I gave you a little bit of, uh, I gave the audience a little bit of a background on what, you know, you're side hustling and you're getting all these awesome deals done, 72 units. But before we dive into that side hustle, do you want to give us uh, a little bit more of a background on how you got involved in real estate investing and a little bit more of what you do in your day job? Sure, sure. I'm happy to. Um, you know, I think we, I didn't grow up in a, in a house that had, uh, you know, real estate as a part of it. We didn't know any, any real estate investors, you know, no, nobody in our, in our family was a, a broker or anything. You know, I think our story kind of for us in, in the investing sense starts uh, in 2007. I was living out of state working for an ad agency and my dad, I got a phone call that my dad had had a massive uh, stroke and brain hemorrhage. And so I uh, ended up coming home and kind of Helped, I stayed here for about six months and really kind of helped take care of him and and um, you know get him kind of back on his feet and obviously that was it was kind of a big jolt to the system you know shook you know everybody in our family up and and uh, you know Mark and I spent a lot of time together during that during that period and really thinking through you know looking at evaluating life and talking a lot and realizing like man this is uh this is this is a, a kind of a rough deal you know my dad we, he's obviously you know our father and our idol and and uh was this really successful businessman and and kind of co-founded a, a company in austin but at 57 um you know he had this it all kind of came crashing down and you know, as we kind of looked at each other and, and, and talked and realized, I mean, we're kind of on that same path. You know, we're both really driven, really focused and on this career path of, you know, working for other people. 
and realized we didn't have, you know, flexibility and independence and kind of the freedom that we would need that we really needed to, to take care of him then or, you know, to kind of handle anything in the future. Um, and during that, that period, started talking with one of my buddies who was a, a realtor and uh, owned a couple of, of small duplexes. And he gave me Gary Keller's uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor. And I read that and sort of the light just clicked. And I was like, man, this, this is what we need to do. Uh, and it kind of established for, for both of us from Mark and I kind of what our big why was and, and the, uh, gave us a path to follow. Um, but it still took a couple more years before we really started actively investing. You know, kind of life started going on. Um, I got a, a new job at a different ad agency back in Austin. Uh, I bought a condo. Mark went back to his job. He had a house here. Um, you know, I ended up meeting a girl who became my wife. You know, we got busy. Uh, we bought a house together. And that was sort of the first time we, when we bought our house, I said, hey, we're, I'm going to keep my condo and rent it out. And about that same time, um, which is this was all around 2009, uh, Mark got a job in Denver and so moved out of state and decided to, to keep his house and rent it out as well and got an apartment in Denver. And then kind of things were on autopilot. You know, we got the both of the places rented out. They were sort of cash flowing, you know, breaking even. We didn't really know what we were doing, but this was all, you know, as kind of Austin was one of the first cities to really rebound. Um, we realized that, you know, we were getting quite a bit of appreciation and, and things were working out fine. Like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, and then we got another another gut punch, really. And, and our mom uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And this time the, it was, the script was flipped a little bit and Mark, you know, was traveling back and forth and taking a leave from absence, a leave of absence from his job. Um, and over a course of about a year, you know, she ultimately lost her battle and, and passed away. And I think for us, that was sort of like the the final blow, but also the spark that really just ignited this this just intense passion that we need to go do something for ourselves and create our own independence and write our own path on our own future and got really, really serious about investing. Um, I think we started talking to, to more realtors. I started reading books at that time. I think I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and started diving into some podcasts and decided now was the right time to sell those two properties that we had, my condo from my bachelor days and his house and generated some capital to go start investing. And in that first year, which was about 2013, uh, I bought uh, a fourplex and a duplex within about two months of each other. And he ended up buying about five single family homes that he got out of foreclosure. And since then, we've just been you know, really kind of disciplined and living off of the income we got from our jobs and saving up as much as we can. Uh, we've been able to refinance some of the equity that's built up and just buy things you know, as they come up. And today we stand at 72 units kind of across Austin and San Antonio. That's that's it. That's absolutely an incredible story. And first and foremost, my condolences to you uh, for your mother. I'm actually going through the exact same thing, uh, but she is in Australia. So I, mm, I, I, hear, I, I hear you, buddy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real... Um, you know, you, you start asking questions of, of your life and I think you went through it early with your dad, which is, sounds like a, a horrific thing. Is, is he okay right now? Yeah, he's, he does well. You know, he's, uh, he, he's, he's a really happy guy and, and he's got, got a few side effects still, but uh, he's, in, he's in Austin with us and, and, you know, we're really glad to have him around. Yeah, I could imagine. And, and I think that, that, that spark, as you said, it, it comes down to that spark. It sort of takes those, those life um, happenings or these bumps in the road to really, you know, focus yourself solely on, on on real estate investing and creating that financial freedom. And you know, hopefully today's show is all about that sort of transition uh, period. You know, managing a side hustle and all that sort of stuff. But um, mm-hmm. I, I want to touch a little bit more on the fact that you know 
you've gone through this 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 hugely um, terrible news with your mum, and and that ignited a, a passion in your belly to go out and start educating yourself. So, talk to me a little bit about how you you transitioned. But it sounds a bit very very quickly. You sold your, your condo, and then you uh, went out and bought your first property. So, what did that what did that period look like, and how did you manage that with your current day job? Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a period of of intense uncomfortability. Um, you know, deciding that okay, we need to go do this, and, and seeing that this is is the path that that we that will get us where ultimately where we want to go. Uh, you know, going back to to our, our buddy that had a, a few you know duplexes and, and kind of picking his brain and, and really just following his roadmap. Um, you know, we bought bought the the fourplex, and I can remember the the day we first bought it. Uh, and I and I pulled up to the property, realizing that okay, we've just closed on this property, and I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, and and sort of being like almost scared to go knock on the door and introduce myself as the new land landlord. You know, I hadn't we'd obviously gone over for the inspection, but I hadn't looked at rent rolls, and I hadn't done a whole lot of due diligence and homework. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but you just sort of like put one step in front of the other, and and I, I often look back now every time I, I pull up to that to that property and, and laugh about. I still vividly remember the sort of the the uncomfortable feeling in the pit of my stomach pulling up to that. Like, what have I just done? <laughs> That's awesome because I think I think most people when they get started in real estate and and even as you as you grow is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Like that's the whole mm-hmm. that's the whole point of what you're doing, what you're trying to do, and that is to escape the rat race. If it was easy and if you didn't have, you know, that pit in your stomach, then everyone would be doing it and everyone would be, you know, financially free and they wouldn't have jobs and blah, blah, blah. But the point is it's it is tough and you push yourself and, and that's that's awesome. But you, you you briefly mentioned something that you didn't look at the rent roll. So how did you stumble across this particular deal, this fourplex? It was really, you know, our, our, our friend uh, who understood the market and had, I think at the time, he probably had five or six duplexes, something like that. Um, he just, we just were drafting off of his plan and trusted him. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, kind of run the numbers and, and looked at what we were paying for it and, and you know, what the rents uh, were, but we didn't verify anything. And I didn't look at, you know, bank statements and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I knew and I trusted him. He said, hey, this is going to be a winner and this is going to cash flow. Uh, but it, it wasn't nearly, you know, to the level that we certainly do now when we start to evaluate properties and look at, you know, is this going to be a good investment? Right, right. So now, you know, fast forward, you've got 72 properties. How has your investment strategy changed compared to that first deal? And and maybe you can even walk us through some of the numbers on that first deal compared to what the types of deals you're doing today. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think strategy wise, you know, up until about the last few months, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of deviation from that strategy. And I, I think, you know, a little bit we'll probably get into kind of where we're heading in the future. Uh, but, you know, the last four years, it's been very focused on buying properties that will cash flow from day one, uh, not looking at or thinking about appreciation, which has been, rel- you know, a relatively easy thing to do being in Austin and just having, you know, experiencing just these incredible run ups with with really ludicrous, you know, sort of levels of, of appreciation. Um, but just focusing on will this thing cash flow and, and what percentage of, of cash flow will we get? You know, we're targeting 12 percent is kind of our, been our, our target. Can we get 12 percent cash on cash return? Um, and we both you know, have, have set a, an independence number. You know, here's what I need to do to replace my salary. How fast can I get there? 
Um, and that, that's been kind of the guiding um, focus and criteria as we've you know, both been, been in acquisition mode for the last four years, uh, just really focusing on, on cash flow to, to give us that freedom number. And the I know Austin is such a such a hot market, and it's been hot for quite some time now. So how are you, how have you found cash flowing deals in Austin, and what have you been paying for them? You know, just run, run through some of the numbers for, on those ones. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think an interesting thing is about uh, I guess two years ago um, we we realized you know we're, we're priced out of Austin. The the prices that people are paying and investors are are scooping these you know small multifamily deals up for just don't make sense. So we actually have migrated and started uh, looking in San Antonio and buying in San Antonio. Uh, we've got the you know the convenience factor. It's you know an hour's drive from here, and, and it's easy to spend time down there and, and manage those as well. Um, so we actually haven't bought anything in Austin in the last two years, um, just because we don't think the numbers work. Right. No, I could imagine that <laughs> the last two years would have gone through the roof. Um, and, and what sort of price points were you picking those? Or you, are you picking your, your duplexes and triplexes and quads up for these days in both San Antonio or in Austin? Or were in sure. Austin? Yeah. Um, so, so I think when we started out, you know, in Austin, the the first properties we were buying were in sort of you know two fifty to three hundred thousand kind of range. You know, kind of view them as as uh, kind of workforce type housing um you know good great tenants and and we i think that's one of the things that that i've really gravitated towards is we've got extremely low turnover um and you know we take care of, of the tenants and and they treat these places like their homes um and we've been really fortunate in that but uh we were picking them up you know for 250 to 300,000 um you know generally the the rents are Right around three thousand, you know, thirty three hundred dollars, um, and then as we've kind of transitioned down to San Antonio, it's about in that same ballpark. Right, nice. That's that's a good some good numbers there, and um, yeah. I, could, I could imagine they, they sound like they're what class B type of assets. Yeah, yeah, you know, B, B minus, okay. um, maybe a couple of C pluses, uh, you know, but they're all all relatively in the same areas. You know, I think we we have the areas that we're comfortable and 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 focused in, and then obviously, you know, like a, a fourplex type property, those tend to get built together and grouped together. So there's you know several streets and several areas where they're you know highly dense area um, with the with those properties. No, that makes sense. Um, so let's dive into the nuts and bolts of this because that's the whole point of what today's show is all about is the side hustle king. Um, so yeah. getting from most people out there, including myself, you know, struggled, you know, you get sold these things, these ideas of you go to these investment seminars and you start, you know, I'm going to invest in real estate and within, you know, a year's time or 18 months time, I'm going to be financially independent. But in reality, when you have life, you have family, you have bills to pay, it can be tough, right? And, and you're still living and breathing that. And, and by the sounds of it, you're very, very close to, to breaking free of your day job. But what happened? How long does it take and, and why does it take so long? And I can answer this myself, but I want you to answer it to to get to that point of financial freedom. And and was it or is it has it been a longer journey than you originally anticipated it being? Yeah, you know, I, I think for us, I don't know that it, it feels like it has taken longer than we thought. You know, I, I think, you know, if you go back to to what our, our why is, what's the thing driving us? It, it's to have financial freedom uh, at some point. Right. And. I think we got into it for the long game and, and recognized that real estate is a long game, you know, that we never went to any seminars or, you know, paid a guru a bunch of money to tell us we'd be done in a year or, or 18 months that we you know, realized it's kind of let's put one foot in front of the other. 
uh, let's start buying what we can and learn the business and, and, you know, let's kind of see where we get. And, and we've, we've made consistent and steady progress towards our goal. Um, we're not, we're not quite there yet, but we can see the finish line now and, and there's a, a plan and a path to get there. Um, but it was never one of these, Hey, let's, let's, let's do this and be done in two years. You know, I think it was, this is what the rest of our life is going to look like. So let's, let's be disciplined about it. Let's go forth in a, in a very systematic way. No, I think that's, that's, that's incredible advice. Maybe I was just going to the wrong gurus. <laughs> and just, you know, buying into this whole idea and of, of buying multifamily and all that sort of stuff. But I think you, you do raise a good point and that is to, you know, learn the business, uh, put one foot in front of the other and and understand it's, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's been the biggest thing for me in this entire six years or seven years that I've been living in the United States is understanding that it isn't a, it isn't a sprint and it is a marathon and it takes a period of time and I know that when I you know I teach people um, when they first get started in this game they want to be out of their day jobs in a year and I say guys you got to recheck that because it's probably going to take you more like three or four years and when they when you say that to them they're like oh <laughs> and they got this sinking feeling of oh wow I've got to be in this day job for the next three or four years and it just it's part and parcel of how hungry you are but it's also, you know, you hear of these success stories of people breaking out within 12 months and blah, blah, blah. But I think in reality, you just got to set the right expectations up front. And I think you've set an incredible expectation, you and your brother, to just keep putting one step in front of the other. And I think that would be the biggest takeaway from this show. Um, a follow-up question to that is, Whilst you're working full time, how have you managed your just just give me a sort of a snapshot of your day and how you found 70 units um, over the last four years and how you've managed that, that, that work life balance and come home of an evening or on weekends to keep, continue with your side hustle? Yeah, well, you know, I think my, my wife would probably tell you I don't do a very good job of managing that work life balance um, <laughs> and that she, she, she definitely tells me all the time that, that we've got two full time jobs. You know, we work work our day job. Um, and do real estate during the day as well. I mean, talk some through, you know, about what we're doing. But almost every night, you know, we are, are I'm in, the, in my office uh, where I am now, you know, looking at a computer, looking at properties, you know, run, running our books, what, whatever the case is, that it's it's by no means a, a part-time job. And I think that'd probably be my, my number one sort of piece of advice, you know, for people looking at, at doing it is, you know, commit to it and know that it's it's not a part-time gig and that it's a it's a real job and you need to treat it as such and it's going to take time um but i think you know where we've got to now is man we just love real estate we love the seeing the rewards that that come with it you know having these tangible assets and seeing the growth in the portfolio and the cash flow and so it doesn't really feel like working but it does take a lot of time and it's not a it's not a part-time thing for us no i couldn't i completely agree with you it isn't a part-time thing if anything you do any side hustle, and I think that is the core focus of of, um, of trying to break out of the rat race is understanding that you, pr- from a period of time, it's going to feel like you're working two jobs, right? And I, I'm sure you can speak to that, correct? Yeah, it's it's definitely working two two full time jobs, and and I think you know a little bit of how our you know mindset has shifted has been it's it was never the intent to you know get. A bunch of cash every month and go sit on the beach you right. know that that's not been the goal for us it's it's generating enough that we could feel comfortable to walk away from our job and kind of start this new career but i've always treated it and knew it was going to be a, a different career but one that we had more control over that we got to work for ourselves that we got to be the entrepreneurs that you know we, we wanted to be um but it's it wasn't a i'm just gonna head to the golf course and play golf every day <laughs> 
But sometimes that's good for business, right? <laughs> it's great for business. And when those collide, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, I think that's that's another good thing. And and like all of us, we're all entrepreneurs. We're all, um, no one, maybe not no one, but at least in myself, I'm, I'm in my, my early 30s, that the goal isn't, as you're saying, to, to go and sit on the beach. The goal is the fact that it's your sort of baby. It's your sort of um, thing that you're you're in control of and you don't have to rock up to work, you know, nine to five and, you know, submit a request for Christmas break holidays and be back at work on the 3rd of January every year. That sort of stuff where you have that freedom to, oh, if something comes up, I can, you know, fly middle of the week to go and see whoever, my mom, my dad or or whatever that might be. So I think that freedom of time is is really, really important. Um, yep. At work, has uh, any of your colleagues raised any eyebrows or sort of say, hey, what are you doing, Andrew, over here on the side of the 70 units? Or have you divulged any of your side hustle to to work colleagues? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, neither one of us hide it in any way. You know, it's 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 on our LinkedIn pages. You know, we talk about it um, at, at work. Everybody in, in my office and on my team knows that, I've got rental properties, you know, a very standard response of, Hey, can we meet in the morning is I'll say, sure. Let's, let's meet at nine 30. I've got to run by a rental on my way in. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very open, um, and not, not, not hiding it from anybody. Um, you know, I, I think today's work culture, you know, sort of helps, helps you balance the two a little bit, you know, the, the sort of mentality and mindset of, Hey, I want you to get your job done. Um, and I want you to, to, to kick ass and exceed expectations. I don't care as much about where you do it from or necessarily when you do it. Um, and certainly that, you know, that's the mentality for, you know, the folks that, that we have on our team um, at, at my job. Uh, it, it, life life happens and, and comes up and just get your stuff done. And, and I take advantage of that as well. You know, so I'll schedule, uh, you know, meetings at, at properties, you know, early in the day or late in the afternoon and scoot out a little bit early. Um, also, you know, leveraging technology heavily and, and kind of training uh, both tenants and contractors, anybody and anybody, um, you know, for us that like shoot me a text because I can respond to a text in the middle of a meeting. Um, and, and if you have an urgent need and you text me, we can get somebody out there that day. Uh, but also kind of setting expectations, you know, with, with our tenants, you know, when they move in from day one, they're like, look, I, I do work a full time job. We both I travel a lot. Mark lives out of state still like we're managing this stuff. Uh, mostly in-house. We've got a couple of units with, with the property manager, but if you have an urgent need, we will get it urgently taken care of, but you may need to be the one to meet, to be at home, you know, with the contractor, the, the, with the repairman. And if it's that urgent, you know, you need to make sure you're the one at home because we're going to be tied up. And so I think leveraging the technology um, that that is available to us and setting expectations, both, you know, in your office, but also with your tenants and your contractors um, has really allowed us to, to, be able to do both right nice so I, I, I can i completely agree with the technology side of it and because you, you mentioned you are in advertising is it sounds like there it's got an awesome work-life balance so it has enabled you the freedom to go and crush your side hustle essentially go and close on 70 units i wonder if uh i know when i was in engineering it wasn't as uh fluid put it that way <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. it was definitely a little bit more tough to try and sneak calls in the hallway and um you know make try not be too absent throughout lunch you know lunch times and what are you doing you know not have too many things open on your screen <laughs> at one time so uh it's uh it's always a little bit of a, a challenge trying to, to to sweep it under the rug and 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 i think the biggest thing for me and i you, you might be able to answer this as well is um when someone did approach me about i remember the first time and 
I was so nervous to admit to it. And, and then over time, I just learned to own it. So was there ever a period of time when at work, someone approaches like, so Andrew, I hear you're investing in real estate and you're like sort of, oh, they've, they've caught me, they found me. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I think it's, it's always been something, I, I think I probably talk about it more than anything else because it's something that we're proud of. You right. know, and it's, it is this thing we've built and, and we talk about it and, and, um, we haven't really been called on it. And maybe that's, you know, we, I do work in a, in a place with a good culture. Maybe it's the fact that I'm, you know, higher up the food chain there and, and not many people are going to, at least in my face, call me out on it. But, it, you know, it's it's just something that we're really open and honest about. And, and, hey, I've got this thing I know in Mark's case, you know, he's had conversations with his with his boss that, hey, you know, in the next in the next two years, uh, you know, I plan to move to Austin. And, uh, you know, when that time comes, I'm going to I'm going to give you plenty of heads up. And we're going to talk this thing through and make sure that, you know, the transition is, is super fluid. And, you know, I know his people appreciate that. And, and um, you know, I think that's a lot better than, than just kind of sneaking around and trying to, you know, duck out and run down to the to the first floor lobby and, and take a call, you know, versus just, you know, owning up to it and saying, like, look, this is what I'm up to. And, and I'm not going to let this affect my performance. Uh, if you see it affecting my performance, let's have a conversation. Yep. No, I think that's 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 uh, great advice uh, for anyone out there who is listening, and who does sneak out to the hallway like I used to do until I started owning it. Yeah, I think that is really, really good advice. Get your work done first and then, you know, essentially what you do after work and, and in your spare time, it's really not any part of any business of the company that you work for. Um, awesome yeah. stuff. So what has been the biggest piece of advice you could give to someone who is still in their day job um, trying to manage that work-life balance? Uh, have you taken on any best practices that may have helped you alleviate some of the pressures on on you as as a as a property manager, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and you know as a family man as well. Because I know you I know you got a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah, we do, and I guess I'll, I'll start there. And you know, we've got a couple of young kids, uh, six and and three, and you know I think on that front, um, you know, just really doing the best you can to to set some time aside. Uh, you know, and, and try to be present. And I struggle with this, you know, daily, you know, when I get home, sometimes I'm kind of itching for everybody to go to bed so I can come back in and, and turn on the computer. Um, but really being being focused and trying to you know, make maximize the time you have there um, with your family and, and recognizing at the end of the day that that's what you're doing all of this for. And that's why you're working so hard. You want that freedom and that flexibility to, to be there for them. You know, one of the one of the things on, on my vision board um, is a picture of a school bus. And, and one of the things that drives me is I want the freedom and flexibility to be at home when the school bus drops my kids off every day at four o'clock. That's not something you get, you know, working for the man, leaving, clocking out at 530. And, and so that's, you know, it's sort of sacrificing some of that now uh, in the hopes that, you know, here in the near future, I've got more more opportunities to pick them up when the bus drops them off. No, that's 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 awesome. And, and I think that's a very good um, takeaway point is that having a vision board of, of, of what you're doing it for, right? It may, it, some people might out there might not have a family as yet, but they may be doing it for something else. And, and having that up there in reminding you what you're doing this for, why you're hustling. Um, but I know I get constantly reminded because even I do stuff at overnight time and from my fiance and she's like, you know, you can switch off, you know, <laughs> and it is, it is okay to switch off every now and then. And I've had to learn that over a period of time. Uh, but even back when I was, you know, doing the side hustle stuff, it was, it was tough. You know, it, it's it's long hours, and 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 I know I had to actually employ someone, uh, a virtual assistant, um, to to take some of the load off me because that helped me a lot manage my 
home life better? And I don't know if you have any tips on on that sort of stuff um, besides maybe just just be more present. Yeah, you know, I think just from a from a, a balanced perspective, I think we've talked through that. Um, you know, I think how how we sort of attempt to get things done is just setting up systems. You know, and I think um, we certainly don't have the best systems, and we're no systems gurus, but everything we've got has been home homemade and, and home built, um, you know, and, and little things that it, one example, you know, instead of spending a bunch of time checking and, and call following up, who's been paying their rent. You know, one of the things that we did is every property that we have has a separate bank account and we have all the rents are set to $5 different. So unit A's rent will be 700, unit B 705, 710 and 750, uh, 720. Um, and that way, you know, by the, the third of the month, I can log into the bank and I can see, you know, if, if somebody hasn't paid their rent, I know who it is because the, their rent is unique to them. Um, and that's, you know, just something that's allowed. It, I don't know if that system works for other people, but it works for me and it allows me to save time. And then I can you know, follow up and say, hey, your rent's late. What's going on? Um, and have a conversation with them there. Um, you know, we kind of run our whole business off of a Google Doc and Google Spreadsheets and Google Drive, which allows us to pull it up from anywhere um, and have our, you know, contractors' names and everything's in, in the phone. So it's these really, you know, homemade and, and broken and unprofessional systems that we've developed, but that have worked for us um, and allow us to, you know, kind of as best we can do it, you know, in as little time as possible. Nice. I think that is, well, I think you'd, you'd use the tools that you, you have right now, right? That's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs don't have all, you might not have all the, the money to go out and get the, the, the shiny, you know, software that can help you manage your property better. But if you've got an effect, efficient and effective way of doing it, then why, 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 uh, why fix a, 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 not, a non-broken system right now, right? It works for you. So keep, so keep smashing it. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think we, you know, are, are both of, of the mindset right now that we're we're still learning, right? And we've, we he he's tried out a couple of different property management softwares and accounting softwares just to to see what does he like, you know, how's that working for him? We've put a couple of of, of units with a property manager, uh, both to see do we like that property manager, but also just do we like having things managed by a third party. You know, as we grow, we know that, you know, end game, sure, when we're 65, we do want to be on the beach and on the golf course every day. And so we don't want to be in the weeds. What does it look like to have this managed by somebody else completely? And let's let's start to figure that out. And let's experiment a little bit. And, and we'll give we've carved off, you know, this four unit to a to a property manager. And let's give this one to somebody else in San Antonio. And let's experiment and try and, and, and learn. I think that's the only way you're going to kind of change your system and push your push it forward is to to try different things and see how see which things work and i think what you mentioned earlier before is you're learning the business right that's as you said you 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 just you haven't gone full time yet but you're very very close and this is a great way to maybe cut a little bit of cost but it's also a great way to get nearly your your apprenticeship right in the business of owning real estate and being a landlord and being you know having a great portfolio of 70 cash flowing properties across two markets which is you know really really incredible whilst working full time and i i I take my hat off to you um and and other people out there who are listening because it's not an easy feat and um you've done you sound like you've done an incredible job and i wish you the all the luck in the future um speaking of future what does the future hold for you moving forward for you and your brother and, and and your family uh, well, yeah, you know, I think we started this journey, you know, four years ago, and uh, really that's when we kind of committed to let's go 
quote unquote full time uh, into to, to investing in real estate. And, and the goal was let's get to that freedom number and replace our salary and kind of figure it out. Um, you know, I think as we've been on that path, we've just grown to love the business, love the the people, the the management. It just literally everything about it. We just we love. Um, and, you know, I think that so we're we're really close to to having that that independence. Um, but now I think our goals have shifted a little bit and, and we're not, we're not looking for that independence number. You know, I think now we're looking to continue to grow our portfolio and grow our business. And, and, and that's where Wildhorn Capital kind of steps in. And for us, it's, it's taken that next step. And we feel like, you know, 72 units, we've pushed our portfolio with our capital about as far as we can, you know, we'll continue to, to, to leverage that some and look at, you know, potentially pulling out equity to, to continue to grow that, but it's time to, to take this to the next level. And, and we're going to start, you know, syndicating larger apartment deals and, and raising money and sponsoring them and taking everything we've learned and apply it to, to bigger deals. Um, and so, so the goals that have shifted a little bit, and again, it's not looking this, looking at this as an exit from you know the, the the our jobs but more as you know the the next step of our life and career and having a, a, a full-time uh, real estate job rather than trying to balance between having uh, having two different jobs uh, that's that's awesome and um, any any sites on any new multifamily uh, and syndication deals so far you know, we, we obviously are, are really focused uh, on Texas um, being located here in Austin um, and, and have an experience in Austin and San Antonio. And, and you know, the, the market fundamentals are, are really strong here. So I think we're kind of doubling down on and taking advantage of the fact that, that we're here. Um, so focused on Austin and San Antonio, uh, Dallas and Houston as well. Um, we've kind of exciting. We're right now in the process of kind of negotiating our, our first uh, deal, which is a, a small 22 unit deal in San Antonio. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. It feels like the the train's rolling and and starting to leave the station, and we're really excited about this next chapter. Nice man. Well, congratulations on all your success. Uh, I'd like to end the show with you giving me a top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Sure, let's do it. Mate, what's the daily habit that you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Uh, you know, you sent these ahead and I kind of thought through them a little bit. And, and for me, this one, I don't necessarily, it's a, it's a daily habit. It's just being in the business. You know, I think the the classic saying of you can't, you can't work on your business if you're working in your business. Um, <laughs> I think for us, you know, being in the business is how we've learned it. And, and so every single day we are in the business, we're running these little experiments, we are, you know, trying different things out. And, and that's how we've learned and, and gotten comfortable and, you know, moved from a place that we were you know, terrified to walk up to the to the door of the four unit that we just bought uh, to a place that we're super excited about, you know, going and looking and closing a $10 million deals. Nice, nice. I, uh, it It's a bit of a drug, uh, I will admit, once you get started in real estate. And I think when you said on it before that you're seeing, you're reaping or seeing the, the fruits of your labor uh, in terms of getting your money working for you whilst you're sleeping essentially right and that's that's pretty that's pretty exciting i, I personally i think it's really really exciting to, to wake up and say that this yeah. is going somewhere and i hadn't had to work my ass off to get this you know six hundred dollars of rent check in in my bank account you know and you've got 70 units so you got 70 times six hundred dollars or whatever the rent might be but that's a nice feeling i wish they were six hundred dollars <laughs> each well maybe what 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 are they what's the average <laughs> 
Uh, gosh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go run the numbers, but I know I know that that the net is not six hundred bucks. So we'd be we'd be having a very different conversation. <laughs> Mate, what's the most influential? Who is the most influential person in your career to date? You know, I think I'd, I'd go back to to the guy that got us started. You know, our our buddy who, when we were sort of you know drifting and really questioning everything that was happening in life, um, you know, gave me Gary Keller's book and and kind of drafted off of his his business and got into the first you know couple of of, of units. Um, you know, you, you talk about it being a drug. I remember you know very distinctly when we closed on the first property. He said, you know, you, you got to watch out that buying real estate is, is like buying crack, uh, and you're going to get addicted. <laughs> And I, I joke with him all the time. I was like, you're hundred percent right. And this, this whole thing is your fault. You know, you got me addicted and now we're sort of on the search for that next high. It's just, it's, it's undescribable. It's like, it's like nothing else. Nice. Nice, mate. Uh, what's the most influential tool in your business to date? I'm sure you have one. Yeah. Uh, two things. Uh, you know, first we talked about, and I think you get this a lot. It's just my phone. I mean, literally can't run our business without my phone. Um, as I mentioned, kind of trained tenants and, and contractors and everybody else to, to text, um, just so we can sort of discreetly respond really quickly. Um, you know, I have, obviously we've got everything in Google docs and can access that. I mean, I probably am in, the, in our Google drive, you know, at least twice a day on my phone. So that's, that's an easy one. Uh, the other thing, and this may be a little bit cliche, is just relationships. You know, I think one of the things I'm drawn to about uh, real estate and, and, and staying active in this game is just the the people that you look, that you meet and everybody's so open and honest. Um, you know, I look at, you know, the, the way that I met you at a conference and we just kind of hit it off. And, and here we are, you know, talking on your podcast and are talking offline about, you know, sharing details and deals and um, building those relationships. I think that that's such an invaluable tool. And it's it's not just a spreadsheet game and I think it's far from it. It's, you know, who do you know and how can you uncover, you know, the off market deals that are going to be the, the great things and who do you know that can, that can help bring value to them. So I, I really like the relationships that we've built. And I think that's, you know, probably the, the best tool we have in our business. Yeah. It's a little bit cliche when people say it's all relationships. Our business is based on relationships, but it kind of, it, every single business is right. And regardless if you're buying real estate or selling flooring, <laughs> I don't know, or selling cups, I've got no idea, but this, it, it is about not what you know, but who you know, um, creating those relationships, creating a connection with people that, as you said, you know, we did meet, we met, we met each other what, a couple of weeks ago at, a, at an investing conference and we, we headed off and now you're on the podcast. It's pretty, pretty freaking yep. awesome. If you, if you don't, if you ask me, so I, um, I totally agree, <laughs> mate. What has been the biggest failure in your career to date? Um, this question was a success question, but I feel like most people learn the most when you fail, and and we all fail. You know, it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's just that you have you're going to inevitably be, go through it. And, and so, what has been your biggest fail, and what did you learn, or the the takeaway? you know, piece of learning lesson that you did, you took away from that particular failure? Yeah, well, you know, I'll start with, uh, it's sort of another cliche and a little bit of a regret, you know, I wish that would have started sooner. You know, we talked about this being a a long game, you know, I think I was, uh, I was 31, 32 when we bought our first property. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 36 now. Uh, I wish I would have started when I was 20. I'm so jealous of the the, the folks you hear about that said, ah, I, I house hacked my first place in college. I was like, man, you're going to be killing it by the time you're 40. Um, but, you know, that that wasn't my journey. And, and you know, I think without kind of going through what we, we've gone through, you know, we wouldn't have the sort of the strong sense of purpose and the why. 
Um, so I, I think that I, I wish we would have gotten started sooner. Um, Deal-wise, though, I think you know the biggest failure. This was I, I would call this a near miss. Um, so so Mark Mark had had a, con, a property under contract, uh, a fourplex property, great deal, was going to cash flow like crazy. Um, he you know had it under contract, had all his earnest money had gone hard, and all of a sudden the bank came back and said we can't give you the loan. Your your credit score is too low. And went back and looked at there was he had some old credit card uh, that he had like a dollar recurring fee or charge or something that he didn't use and, and didn't even realize his account was still open. Um, and so it had dinged his credit to the point where he couldn't get the the loan. You know, we were able to work it out. Luckily, I, I was able to step in and we put it in my name um, and I you know, didn't have to just abided by all the terms of his contract, didn't get it reinspected or anything, just kind of stepped in and we didn't lose the property. I think the the, the joke is, you know, now it's in my portfolio rather than his and it's an awesome <laughs> performing property. We we joke that, you know, we're sitting in our conference room, we're gonna have that that frame dollar bill um up, you know, in the conference room. And and it's not the first dollar you earn like you see in a lot of places, but it's gonna be a reminder that You've got to pay attention to the details, you know, and this is it, it's a details oriented business and, and every detail matters. And if you let something slip, uh, you know, you're going to pay the price in the long run. And, and I think that was our big takeaway from it is you just got to be on top of things. No, I, I completely agree. And it sounds like a, a win for you, but a failure for your brother. It was a huge <laughs> win. Yeah, I, I was I was glad to glad to be able to help him out. <laughs> That's awesome, mate. Uh, and where can people reach you to continue the conversation if they want to reach out and uh, ask you some questions about how you're continuing to manage your side hustle with your with your day job? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. You know, Andrew Campbell. Uh, I'm on Bigger Pockets. Um, maybe the easiest way you can go to our website it is wildhorncap.com uh, or email me. It's Andrew at wildhorncap.com. Well, mate, thank you so much for dropping in today and chatting with us. I just want to quickly summarize some of the awesome takeaway tips that I have written down today. I think the first one is to understand that it's a, it's, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And, and to manage a side hustle is all about managing expectations. And I think you're doing it in an incredibly uh, good fashion. Um, and the second big takeaway piece of advice that I took away from today's show was that you're learning the business. You're actively involved. You've got your knees deep in the business, you're running the day-to-day, and it may not be the most efficient or whatever it might be, but you're learning the business behind it, and that's going to help you grow, or your brother and you grow into a larger portfolio. Um, and the last piece of takeaway advice that I, I definitely took away from this is, um, you know, relationships, understanding that, you know, two weeks ago, we were talking at a conference, and now we're on a on a, on a podcast and uh, potentially looking at doing a deal together. I think that's really, really awesome, and, and that's how this business works. And uh, that's what I love about real estate is the people that I meet, and, and I'm sure you're, you're in the same boat. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I just it, it's it's one of the things I love the most. Everybody is so like minded and has such a an open mindset. You know, I think that abundance mindset of you know I, I'm not in a sense we could be thought of as competitors, but instead we're 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 partners and we're you know trying to help each other out whether there's a, a short term gain and benefit for me and the deal or not. Exactly, exactly. Well, Mike, thank you again so much for dropping in. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks a lot, Reed. Well, there you have it, another cracking episode jam-packed full of awesome, actionable steps and advice from a guy who's really doing it. He's doing it all. He is working full-time. He has got a portfolio of over 70 units. Him and his brother have a portfolio of over 70 units. Pretty freaking incredible 
managing a personal life with you know two young kids and a wife and he's doing it all you know that's really really inspiring and something that a lot of people hopefully can take a lot of takeaway advice from this show re-listen to this show because i know you are going to have a lot of questions for andrew and remember if you do have any questions make sure you hit him up um also all the show notes and any of the links that we did mention in today's show will be up on my website at rsn propertygroup.com. Make sure you click on the podcast tab. It will be up there for you to go out and reach out to Andrew and, you know, just give him a, you know, a well done because he's doing an incredible job balancing uh, the work-life balance plus still killing it in his uh, new investing, um, real estate investing company, Wildhorn Capital. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge because that is what we're all about here on this show. Continue to grow your financial IQ. We're going to do this all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. Happy investing.